Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, columnist with the Louisville Courier-Journal. On this episode of the show, I have joining me Trey White, Dallas native and USC transfer who now plays for the University of Louisville men's basketball team. White is the third leading scorer, 12.7 points per game, and second on the team with 6.0 rebounds. It's going to talk about where they're at in the season right now and how they've kept essentially from falling apart, given some of the challenges they've had. But before we get into all of that, we're going to start with the little CL sounds off. I was all prepared to discuss last week's monumental ruling from the National Labor Relations Board. You heard the one that Dartmouth's men's basketball team could now vote to form a union. Could very well be the death blow for the facade of amateurism in college sports. I mean, once it all plays out in appeals and litigation and all that good stuff could possibly reach the Supreme Court. But it puts us at the precipice of collectively bargained rights between NCAA universities and athletes. By the way, my my favorite part in all of this is that we can finally lose the student athlete uh, phrase or slogan that the NCAA always tries to push on us. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that because Sunday happened and basketball referees lost their collective minds. Let's start with the Louisville women's basketball team essentially losing at Syracuse due to an intentional foul call with two seconds left. And that came from a veteran referee, Carla Fountain, who's been doing this 25 years. Next, there was North Carolina women's coach Courtney Banghart posting on Twitter. Actually, it was playfully done the way she responded, saying, to Jeff Walls that she saw how UofL's game ended with the call that shouldn't have been made. And then she posted a video of a call that wasn't made with 0.5 seconds left at the end of regulation in the Tar Heels overtime loss at Duke. And in the Atlantic Sun, where Bellarmine plays, the league announced it suspended an official from the Jacksonville North Alabama game for the rest of the season, including the postseason, due to, quote, conduct not in alignment with the expectations of the A-Sun. Jacksonville coach Jordan Mincy told the Florida Times Union that the unnamed referee used an offensive slur when Mincy was protesting a series of three fouls called on one possession, while the score was just 6-4 to four and they were just two minutes into the game. So two episodes ago, I talked about accountability on this podcast. And in keeping with the same thing, it's time to talk about the officials answering for their actions, too. Now, let me take a side route right quick, because I'm not advocating for making excuses like I, I officiating is hard enough. And I don't think every call can be nitpicked and officials are going to miss calls. That should be a given. And I'm not even suggesting that referees have to sit in front of the press and take rapid fire questions like like coaches and players do sometimes in in press conferences. It could be something simple like what happens during every year during the NCAA tournament. You have a designated pool reporter who is allowed 
in the cases of questionable calls, controversial calls, that kind of thing, they are allowed to seek further explanation for any calls or plays that need it. It's pretty simple. The overwhelming majority of games are played without any use for the pool reporter and no questions for the officials. Half the time, the people in attendance never know there is a pool reporter or who it is or whatever. Every call doesn't need cross-examination, and unless we figure out a way to get artificial intelligence involved, <laughs> there will always be an element of human error in sports, and I can live with that. But when scenarios like Sunday happen, where Louisville's women's head coach Jeff Walls is referring to calls as god-awful and the worst he's seen in 29 years of coaching, well, that's special enough that the public deserves to hear exactly what went into that call and it's 2024 i mean the officials are not anonymous we know a lot of their names they're printed actually on the box scores of games so it's probably time that they step to the, step up to the plate and have to answer for what they call that will do it for sound off next up let's hear from trey white And welcoming to the show, I have with me Mr. Trey White, Sir. University of Louisville guard forward. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate you joining the show. I wanted to start by discussing your Muhammad Ali tattoo. I think some people that might see you play, obviously being here, they'll look at it like, you know, it makes sense. You're playing for Louisville. You have Muhammad Ali. But you actually had that done well before L was even kind of a consideration, right? Was that, did you have that done in high school? Yeah, I had that done like right after like my basketball season of my senior year. So before I even went to college or anything. So yeah, it kind of just worked out perfectly. And what made you pick Muhammad Ali? Um, a couple of things. I, one of the biggest things is I like how he like he spoke things into existence. I like how he believed in himself really when nobody did. And also I liked how he was a leader and he kind of like stood up, even though it made him look like the bad guy sometimes. So I just really admire that. And of course, like his fight and stuff like that. But it was more just like his characteristics to me. Yeah. Now, what is it like playing in his city that you actually came here to play basketball? It's insane. Like the love he has, like my, one of my first times even coming to the city with like my grandparents and stuff. We went to the Muhammad Ali Museum and it was just crazy just to see how much love he actually gets. You know, I was in Cali the past year and I didn't really see none of that. So just coming back here and seeing these roots, is it's amazing. Yeah. Did uh, Do you have a favorite quote or saying from him, from Muhammad? Um, I just like how he said he always just believed in himself. You know, he said, I am the greatest. You know, I just I just love that. I just love how he just believed in himself, spoke things into existence. And he I like how he stood on his own 10 toes, you know, even when the world was against him. So I just applaud him for that. Yeah. So speaking of speaking to existence, is do you do that in terms of basketball? Like, you know, do you have any kind of uh just to get ready for games, any any personal meditation or anything like that you go through definitely yeah like my guys all know like before the game and on the bus or like hours before the game i get like these little eye eye little sleep things i'll put those on like wherever i'll put them on on the bus i'll put them on in the locker room and just quiet down for a little bit that definitely helps me a lot for sure so that is like blackout like you it you know yeah. it just gives you total uh-huh yeah just blackout just you know slow my thoughts down you know because 
I'm warming up and stuff, so I'm like all energetic and stuff. And I just want to just calm down before the game and just relax my mind. And I think like having like a blackout where it's no light, it, it kind of helps me with that. Yeah. When did when did you first like how did you first get started doing that? Um, I would this really started with like my mom. I would say like my sophomore, junior year of high school, we used to travel a lot and I always she always had one, but I just used it for travel. But she was big on me about meditation and stuff. And I would meditate like as I got older throughout high school, but it, it just never felt like I was in my own zone because I would be in the locker room or like in different places. But I feel like when I put those on, I kind of can like lock more in, lock in, you know, with myself more. Yeah. Do, do you also use any kind of like like uh, noise reduction headphones or anything like yeah, that, too? Definitely. Yeah. Like my beats. Yeah. A lot of headphones doing, but like my beats, I definitely make sure that that is on for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, in terms of the actual basketball itself, so is this season harder than what you expected it to be when when you decided to uh, come here from USC? Um, it's definitely a challenge, and I think everywhere has like you know new levels, new challenges. Uh, that's the way I always think. But I think you know, it, I wouldn't say it was like difficult or hard, but it definitely I definitely had to adjust to like you know how much the fans cared and and you know, how much the city loves basketball and just, you know, on the court stuff too. But it's just like, it was just an adjustment. I wouldn't say it was like super challenging for me though. Yeah. What do you feel like is the difference between playing in the Pac-12, uh, which is about to no longer be the Pac-12, but playing yeah. in the Pac-12 and coming over here to the ACC? Yeah. Um, I just think with the Pac-12, it's more, um, how do I would say it's more guard orientated, you know, more up and down. And the ACC is definitely more up and down, but I feel like the ACC is probably the closest league to the NBA that we probably have. Um, I just think just because you have, you know, the strongest of the bigs and the most mobile athletic bigs, and you also have the most deadliest shooters, you know, even all the way down through history. So I think you just have the best of both worlds and you play nothing but competition every night. So I just think this is just, you know, the closest level to where I want to be. Yeah. What, what keeps you from playing kind of the what if game this year? Like what if JJ Trainer didn't get injured and, and what if Trenton Flowers had stayed? And just some of the things that may have made this season easier and, and you know, made you guys have more wins at this point. Definitely. You know, those are my brothers. So that definitely would have helped even more. But I just think for me, like uh, the way I've always grown up, my parents have taught me like everything happens for a reason. So new levels, new challenges, everything happens for a reason. So I think we just got here with the group of guys we have playing. This was, you know, meant to be. So we just got to, you know, make the best of what it is. So I just think just just trying to stay positive with this. Yeah. So what do you feel like has kept this team from kind of uh, falling apart? That was one thing Georgia Tech coach Damon Stoudemire said after the game. He he gave you guys credit for, for continuing to fight, basically, um, no matter what has happened this year. He said he, he kind of felt like that defined you guys. Definitely. Um, for one, you know, we're a brotherhood, so it's, we're going to fight for each other on or off the court, you know. So that that bond there is just, you know, bigger than basketball. And for two, I just think just because of that bond that we have, like we know we were supposed to win, you know, a couple of these games that we let get away from us. So like from the outside world, like our record looks a certain way, but from the inside, we know where we are. So I just feel like we have that, you know, inner confidence and inner belief in ourselves. So we know we're battling every game, no matter who it is. So I just think, you know, we're confident with that. Yeah. Speaking of confidence, I mean, what kind of a boost do you feel like you guys got, especially after that Florida state win and, and also knowing that, you know, this, 
this last part of your schedule, it, it isn't all of the top teams in the league like you started off. Like these are these are teams that are also going through kind of similar circumstances. Definitely. Um, I think that all helps too. But um, you know, I'm really just I really just I, I try to tell my guys and you know our coaches try to tell us every day is is we don't matter, we're not playing against other teams, we're just playing against ourselves. They're just giving us challenges, you know, to trying to overcome. So I just think just every game. Like you said, we do have like a nice little schedule, that, a nice little stretch here that we should be able to, you know, streak some wins along. But I just think it's just taking it day by day, not trying to get too far ahead or anything like that. Yeah. What What would you say you've learned individually about ways you can help the team win? And I bring this up because I look at the Clemson game where you had 29 points, 14 rebounds. And then you came back in the win against Florida State, but you only even took two shots. And you had seven rebounds and you guys win the game easy. I mean, it seems like a natural, you know, a natural tendency for anybody would be like, I just scored 29. (laughs) I'm going to go out and do this again or at least try to. But it seemed like that game you were still you you stayed in a flow. You didn't force anything like how 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 would you kind of describe that? Um, I just really uh, I just feel like, you know, just maturity a little bit I feel like whenever you have a big game or like you have a good couple games streaked together I feel like is you know it's it's easy for you to get outside of your norm get outside of your routine and you know be out of body a little bit so I, I feel like for that game what bigger than that game just for me I just want to win so whatever that takes like if that's me going to go get 15 rebounds zero points I'll go do that if that's me getting you know it's whatever so I just feel like with that part I was just reading the game and our guys were just hot that game. So, you know, my game isn't dependent on scoring. You know, I could do whatever we need to win. So our guys were hot that game, and they kept breaking it apart, and I was just doing the other things that we needed to do to win just to keep this team, you know, gelled together. Yeah. Uh, kind of speaking of that maturity, um, and, and you spoke to this uh, in a press conference, but you started off first, what, 12 games before you got hurt, uh, missed three games with the, with the groin injury. And since coming back – some of the stats I looked at. So the the first 12 games to start the year, you were shooting 40% from the field. Since you've come back, you're now shooting 54% from the field. What, what do you kind of attribute that, that jump to? Um, Definitely. Like I said earlier, I feel like everything's happens for a reason. So when I was on the sideline, just trying to look at it as a positive, I was able to look at the game, you know, just differently, just hearing the coaches on the sideline, just, seeing the plays that we normally run, like what options are open. And it kind of slowed it down a little bit for me just to, you know, get some more mental reps. So I feel like that definitely did play a part. And just my routine and my trainers, I just, you know, I just want to just thank them too. They just, they keep, they kept me motivated in it, even at a time when I was hurt and couldn't move and stuff like that. So I feel like it was a big circle, you know, that played a part. In. Yeah. I can't imagine playing, playing that at this level in this day and age with all the social media with anybody being able just to throw a critique out there and stuff going viral and everything like that what's your philosophy especially during the season with social media do you do you see and read what's going on do you block it out how do you kind of approach that angle yeah definitely you know i mean we're human you know we get on our phones and stuff but like i definitely try to make it a point to block it out on game days my parents already know my family like after like 12 one o'clock i'm not texting y'all till after the game love y'all i'll see y'all after like i just try to just play my music all day stay in that relaxed state you know just try to focus on you know what what i'm here to do so i definitely try to eliminate all distractions well also kind of 
adding on to that, there's there's obviously talk about Coach Payne and his job status and things like that. How how do you guys approach that in the locker room? Is that something you talk about at all in terms of trying to win for him, just trying to show effort for him, or or does that even you know that's what y'all are doing anyway, right? Yeah. Um. So at the beginning of the season, we already you know like the city talks. So at the beginning of the season, we already knew like stuff like that was gonna happen. You know. So we we our bond together, our brotherhood, like I said earlier, is just so strong. Even from staff to players, coaches to players, player to player. We're just all here. So we all know at the beginning of the season, like we weren't doing it for outside noise. We wanted to do it for us to prove to us. And then we got the support of, you know, of the city and stuff like that. So we're fighting for each other. And then, you know, the support of the city, that just makes it even easier to, you know, go compete and stuff like that. But definitely we're fighting for everybody you know, on the team. But we're trying to focus on wins, you know, day by day. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You mentioned the fan support. Uh, what was it like two or three days when you first arrived here? You were surprised that somebody knew who you were. Uh, Uber ride, yeah. was it? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. How 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 do you kind of sum up what the fan support has been like and and, and basically what this team means to this city? Yeah. So just my little time being here, it feels like honestly, like the city, this is like a pro team, like an NBA team, you know, like there's. We're like, there's so much love for the city. And I wouldn't even say it's hate. It's just it's so much love for the team that we know we should be this good. We know we should be here. We know, like, the history, you know, we're supposed to be held to a higher standard. So that's just what the city knows. And then just coming from me from an environment that wasn't like that, coming into an environment where they care and you're going, you're door dashing food and they're asking for pictures and stuff like that. It's just, it just makes it fun to play. You know, it just it's a love-hate you know, relationship with that, but I wouldn't trade it for anything for sure. Yeah, kind of speaking to your background, uh, you know, not only playing that first uh, year out in L.A. at USC, but coming from Texas. Um, yeah. What what was it like getting involved in? Obviously, Texas has put out a lot of basketball talent, but that's not what y'all are known for down there. Yeah. So what was it just like growing up with Trey White and how much did you play football? I'm assuming you played until a certain point. Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, my dad, well, growing up first, my first sport was soccer. I think my dad wanted to get my feet right. And then I played football for like basically all the way up until eighth eighth grade. So I was playing that. And then that's when I decided to, you know, separate that, cut ties and take basketball serious. And um, I really would have kept playing football. But when I was a lot taller than, you know, the people that I was playing, so they would like dive in my knees a lot. And that would really just put me out and stuff like that so I had to you know just make a smarter decision and worked out for the better how long did you play soccer um that was my first sport thing I played until like third grade third fourth grade oh okay okay you still have a love for it like definitely definitely yeah my sister plays my little brother plays so definitely I play with them all the time just try to keep my feet right it's fun though yeah so for someone who hasn't seen you play yet how would you describe Trey White I would describe myself as a winner, a basketball player, you know, uh, a Swiss Army knife, anything that you really need to win. You know, I try to, you know, uh, expose matchups. I try to be the best defender on the court. I try to be a leader. So whatever you really need to win that game, I feel like you can plug and play me anywhere. I'm not like a one size fits all type player where you have to adjust your team to me. You know, I feel like I can adjust to any team. So I feel like that's really what I can do. I'm I'm very unselfish and a leader. I feel like that's pretty much my strengths for. Yeah. 
what what would you say um how would you say your teammates would describe you especially like your personality in the locker room um funny um goofy for sure on the court they would say a dog i know that for sure um a leader or pretty much that you know off the court there's nothing but jokes and laughs and vibes and stuff like that cracking jokes even on the court sometimes you know we're cracking jokes but on on the court for sure i'll definitely say dog yeah given the the history of this program and and what you know about it and even players former players that you've met how do you view kind of and you got plenty of time for this it's not like it has to be done in the next few games but how do you view trying to establish and leave a, a legacy here um definitely like like we said like you said you know this last stretch of games coming up these are you know should they're they're in great favor for us you know we should be able we're getting better by the game for sure we're playing our best offense right now we're together more on defense we just got to do that for the whole 40 minutes so I feel like for us as a whole, we definitely can make, you know, something happen legendary. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. We had that first half of basketball where it was up and down, but now we're kind of on a roll. If we can keep that going, I feel like it'll all work out for sure. Yeah. Was was there any moment that you look back at in, in some of these past games that you felt like maybe the, the light switch turned or, you know, in terms of the the continuity or the confidence or, or what have you that's that's kind of made you guys on an uptick right now? Um, I really can't point it to one game. I really feel like we build off everything off each game. Like I said this before in uh, other press conference after the game, but I feel like each game we're just getting better and taking pieces into the next game. So I feel like now we just we're coming together at the best time. You know, they say good teams peak peak later. So I feel like we're doing that at the right time. Yeah, one thing that I think people don't necessarily take into consideration for this team is how young you guys are. Yeah. Like, you know, outside of JJ, there was there was no senior, you know, who's who's kind of uh, experienced and paving the way. And then he got hurt. So it's really like, you know, uh, besides Brandon, a bunch of freshmen and sophomores primarily yeah. out there. Mike's uh, a junior, too. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. do you, I mean, do you guys kind of look at that too in terms of we're still learning and, you know, I mean, I don't I don't want to make excuses for you, but I, I think that's, you have to put everything in context of, of where you guys are, you know, in yeah. your careers. I mean, is, is that something that you look at at all? Um, For sure. Um, I would say at the beginning of the season, yeah, you know, we were a younger team. And there is learning curves with that, but now everybody's held accountable. It don't matter if you're a freshman, you're a redshirt freshman, you're a senior, you know, you, you got to be able to play. Like Coach say all the time to our freshmen, like, you can't be freshmen, you have to be upperclassmen. And I feel like they do a good job of, you know, holding themselves accountable. And I feel like the upperclassmen, you know, guys older than me, even myself, I feel like we do a good job of just, you know, holding everybody accountable. And I feel like there's good checks and balances with that. And I just feel like, there's no more room for that freshman stuff anymore. It's the last stretch of the season. And it's all about winning. So it's put guys on the floor who, who knows how to produce and knows how to win. Yeah. What would you say has been the most uh, the the most frustrating thing about this season for you? The most frustrating thing for me about this season, just knowing that we let some games get away that I know we should win and how the city kind of took that as a different way. You know, like I feel like, 
now the city is more like seeing we're playing hard and we're playing together. But I feel like early in the season, we were playing hard too. We just let some things get away. And I just, I really didn't like how, you know, sometimes like there was like a lot of outside noise, you know what I mean? Like about the team and stuff. So, but I like how we stayed strong, how we stayed strong together as a unit on the inside. But it was just frustrating, you know. I think one game we lost, one of the earlier games, we got booed like the last 10 seconds. And that I've never had that before. And that really hurt. And that really hit home with me. I don't think I'll ever forget that. But they love hard, though. So, you know, it's a, a gift and a curse with that. So that was yeah, probably do, my. Do, do you think part of that was maybe last season, you know, the having last season kind of crept into this season so that that, that might have factored yeah. into it? For sure. Definitely. They don't, you know, want that feeling again. And, we don't want that feeling either. So I, that definitely played a part. All right. Well, I will let you go on that, Trey. I appreciate you joining me. And thank you, luck man. This week. Sir. Thank you. I'll see you soon. All right. Sir. Take care. That'll do it for another episode of the CL Brown show. I don't even know why you playing. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button to have these episodes delivered to you every Wednesday. But if you're still not so inclined, Leave a positive review because we need more love in this world or just sit back, relax and wait till the next episode drops. Thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm.